You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. Hear that? Is that America cheering or a sausage patty sizzling to perfection? It's time to cheer for Egg McMuffin and fresh cracked eggs at McDonald's. It's time to wake up to the aroma of freshly baked biscuits and treat yourself to a real honest-to-goodness morning meal. Breakfast, it's on at McDonald's. Now enjoy a large iced coffee for just two bucks and a breakfast sandwich to make a meal. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, with the National Cannabis Industry Association. On today's show, I have two guests from Colorado State University that we've had the pleasure of coordinating with on some research and studies. Uh, I'd like to introduce Kevin Walters and Gwen Fisher. Hi, Kevin. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Doing great. It's a busy day here. Uh, How about you, Gwen? Great. It's great to talk to you, Bethany, and thank you so much for having us. Great. Happy to have you as well. So, Kevin, let's talk a little bit to to both of you about your background and the current research that you've been working on in the study. Kevin, you are a PhD student in the Industrial Psychology Department at Colorado State University, and you're also a trainee in Occupational Health 
psychology. What does all that mean? Tell me more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so like you mentioned, I'm a PhD student in uh, industrial organizational psychology here in the psych department at CSU, and I'm a trainee in occupational health psychology. And so generally what that means is that uh, IO psychology is really the scientific study of the workplace and issues that face work organizations and teams. And within that broader field, my main focus is on worker health, safety, and well-being. And so generally speaking, my main purpose of the research that I do is to try and keep people happy and healthy at work. You know, since we spend so much of our, of our lives working, my main sort of focus is just trying to make it the best experience it can be. Totally. Between work and sleep, I think that takes up at least more than two-thirds <laughs> of our lives, doesn't it? Yeah, no kidding. It seems that way. <laughs> so this is a passion of yours. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Um, so, Gwen, um, you are also in the psychology department at CSU, and you're an assistant professor there. Uh, tell me more about your background. Sure. So I'm originally from the East Coast, and I earned my doctoral degree in the same field that Kevin is studying now, uh, psychology applied to work settings, so industrial organizational psychology. After finishing graduate school, I worked in the marketing research department at IBM's corporate headquarters in New York, and then cool. spent 12 years in Michigan at the University of Michigan, where I managed large-scale survey research projects. Throughout my career, I've had a real strong passion for quality of work life issues. As you already pointed out, we spend quite a bit of our time working, and many working adults, uh, ourselves all included, spend at least half of our waking lives doing work. And I've always felt strongly that workers should be safe at work and ideally also have the opportunity to enjoy the work that we do. So my research, the work that I do, and even the classes that I'm really fortunate to teach at CSU all involve focusing on protecting and promoting worker health as well as well-being and also helping us figure out how to have work-life balance. I was hoping you were going to say that phrase, work-life balance. Um, I'm so happy that in recent years it's become more of a priority as we talk about the larger field of being an employee, of being a worker. And I totally agree that a happy, healthy worker is going to provide better quality work, better products, and better service for clients and customers. So that makes 100% sense to me. So I'm glad you guys are doing that work for sure. Um, so tell me more about the psychology department at CSU and why you're studying the cannabis industry. How did the cannabis industry become important to you in an academic sense? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, to answer your first question about the psych department here at CSU, uh, well, we're a pretty big department. Uh, we've got several different sort of disciplines within psychology, such as cognitive psychology, cognitive neuroscience, social psychology, counseling psychology, and then and then our or our program rather, industrial organizational psychology. And so, really, to try and make a long story short, in terms of how this project sort of came about to begin with, uh, it really goes back to fall of 2013 and my first semester here at CSU. And as part of the coursework I was doing that first semester. Uh, one of my classes, we were placed on these small interdisciplinary teams that sort of do like miniature health, safety, and well-being assessments with local small businesses. Okay. And, and just by chance, I happened to get placed on a team that was working with a grow house and dispensary in the Denver area. Lucky duck. And, 
Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I was really excited. Once I found out they were having that team, I was like, I got to get on that. And it was just like a troll, but I ended up getting placed on it. So congrats. So, yeah, thanks. Yeah, it worked out really well. Uh, and, and so from there, um, in our experiences with that specific organization, we learned a lot of important things. For starters, they were doing things really well at their business. And, and to quote them, they were trying to set the industry standard for being a, a successful cannabis organization in every way. And, and I absolutely thought they were doing that from a health and safety standpoint. And so, so in general, they were doing really well, but we also learned that uh, for the industry as a whole, it had, health and safety had generally sort of been overlooked or untouched. Uh, anecdotally, it seemed as if uh, government regulations mostly focused on just general legal compliance in the industry. Which and is so health, huge. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I saw the binder that they had to go through of all the policies and whatnot, and it seemed like like a bear, really. War and uh, Peace, yeah. Yeah, 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 a couple volumes of War and Peace, no less. Mm. Yeah, and so uh, so generally from there, you know, we said, all right, if, if health and safety across this industry is kind of untouched, uh, we really should play our part uh, as occupational safety and health professionals to get this conversation started. And so I went back to Gwen, uh, she's my academic advisor here at CSU, and we put our heads together to try and figure out how we could sort of just get this conversation started and, and like I said, play our part as health and safety professionals. And so we put together an interdisciplinary team. Uh, other team members included Lily Tenney from the Center for Health, Work and Environment, uh, who's an expert in public health, and then also Dr. Kurt Krager, who's an expert in employee training here at CSU in our, in our program. And then also uh, going to myself. And so we put together an application for a pilot grant from the Mountain and Plains Education and Research Center, which is a center that funds my occupational health psychology traineeship. And we were fortunate enough to get that pilot grant. And that's really what, what enabled us to do this project in general. And, and the rest of the project's kind of history. I'm sure we'll kind of cover that over the course of this podcast. But that's sort of the, the beginnings of this all. Okay, great. And is that through the Center for Health? Work and in health, work and environment at the Colorado School of Public Health. Is that the official center? Did I get that right? Yeah. So the the Center for Health, Work and Environment uh, down at at Denver. That's where Lily Tenney is coming in uh, from one of our project team members. And so I'm a trainee through the Mountain and Plains Education and Research Center, which is separate from the Center for Health, Work and Environment. But they're all sort of the part of the same overarching uh, organization here in Colorado that's that's ultimately funded through NIOSH, the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. Okay, so they're all cooperating together on bigger picture research. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they sort of have different roles in how they do so, but they're all sort of part of the same team. Okay, so we're going to get into uh, the work and well-being in the cannabis industry study here soon. Uh, but it sounds like you had the great fortune of being placed on on a team to do a case study for the cannabis industry. So, so this study that we're going to talk about started from an, this other smaller project that you worked on with uh, an existing established cannabis company here in Denver, who I believe is an NCIA member. Yes, yeah, everything you just said is absolutely correct. Cool, cool. 
Okay, so we're going to get into this awesome study that NCIA also helped uh, in whatever capacity we could for for you all to gather this research when we come back from the commercial break. Uh, so stay tuned. We'll be right back with Colorado State University fellows Kevin Walters and Gwen Fisher. Stay tuned. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the host of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Equio, New Frontier's cutting-edge big data platform, puts the information and answers you need right at your fingertips in real time to help you more effectively run your cannabis business. Go to www.equio.io to sign up for your free membership today. Again, that's www.equio.io. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him, pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on CannabisRadio.com. If you're just tuning in, this is Bethany Moore with the National Cannabis Industry Association, and I'm here talking with Kevin Walters and Gwen Fisher from Colorado State University who have been doing some really cool work on examining work and well-being in the cannabis industry specifically. So let's get into that. Let's talk about the purpose of this study, which is called Work and Well-Being in the Cannabis Industry. How about that? So it's about occupational safety and worker well-being issues in the cannabis industry, as we've talked about before. Let's, let's get into some details here about what the study is and what you hope to achieve out of it. Gwen, could you speak to that? Yes, thanks. So, 
as we began this work, which goes back a couple of years, Kevin and I knew that we had this new and rapidly budding industry, pun intended. I was so interested and excited about the project that Kevin had been working on with the company in Denver. And yet we found that we really don't know anything, or at least at the time, we didn't know anything about how workers feel about their work environment and what their day-to-day lives at work are like. So we put together a detailed survey, uh, took about maybe 30 to 40 minutes for people to complete, that asked a whole host of questions about health, safety, sources of job stress, what's going on at work that could potentially be a source of stress at work, as well as asking workers about their levels of satisfaction on the job and sources of potential satisfaction like supervisors, coworkers, the nature of the work that they're doing. And so we asked people about their jobs and really just wanted to understand better what was going on at cannabis grow houses and dispensaries here in Colorado. Um, certainly, it was a, an exciting and has continued to be an exciting time for the industry. Definitely. I'm looking at the link where people could access the uh, the study results, and it's kind of a long URL, um, but I do want people to be able to access it. Um, we'll have to get a short link for people, but uh, bear with me. It's www.colorado.gov slash Pacific slash CD. P-H-E slash marijuana hyphen occupational hyphen safety hyphen and hyphen health. Um, So hopefully people can access that and I'll try to get a short link available. We do have a blog on the NCIA website uh, that you shared with us so people can head to the NCIA website too, thecannabisindustry.org and check out our blog and find that as well. Kevin, what was it like for you, you know, being involved in this study and what were you hoping to achieve? Yeah, so I would I would really reiterate everything Gwen said there. You know, this was a really exciting opportunity to just get a get a sense of this new and growing industry that was sort of like expanding right before our eyes. And so honestly, I'd say one challenge really was trying to figure out what specifically to ask and include on our survey because there was really just so much information we wanted to we wanted to learn and so many questions we wanted to ask all related to health and safety and just what it's like to work in this industry. So I'd say overall, the main purpose was just to kind of get a pulse on this new industry, you know, who works in it and what their work is like on a day-to-day basis. Great. So how did you get the results and what was the process of getting the survey answers? I'm, I'm guessing these were actual employees of these cannabis businesses giving you answers to these various survey questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So these were uh, actual employees. You know, they were giving us honest answers. But one thing we made sure to do, we kept them all anonymous. So there's no way to identify who was saying what in our survey. We, we had no access to that information. And we also keep the responses confidential, meaning that it's anonymous. And also, two, our eyes are really the only eyes that are looking at this data. Okay, so it's safe for employees to be honest and tell you the good, the bad, and the ugly without retaliation is the idea behind that anonymous process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And just part of really our standards uh, of ethics as psychologists. Okay, makes sense. So were these cannabis companies like willing and excited to give you access to their employees when you approached them about it? Or were they a little hesitant? Or what was that like? Yeah, so generally speaking, people seemed really excited about this project. 
so, so there was lots of different sort of phases in data collection. We initially began with a general recruitment survey that people could fill out online. And it was mostly just getting a sense of, would you be interested in participating in our survey? Uh, and then also how we could coordinate to, to arrange that data collection and get those survey responses. And from there, we used that information to sort of like select a sample of workers, or basically the people that filled out our survey is what we refer to as a sample here. Mm -hmm. and, and our goal was to get a sample that really best represented the industry as a whole, because we wanted to make sure that whatever we found through this data would apply to the industry in Colorado at large. And so, so we went to, you know, NCIA was fantastic throughout all this. We partnered with you all and with some of your events connected through other associations and businesses to spread the word. And then once we had our final online survey, uh, which we developed with really invaluable feedback from you folks at NCIA, other partners and whatnot. And, and from there, that's when we really got into the meat of data collection. And, and so we started out, the survey was online. And so we went to some businesses, collected uh, survey data in person. And as time went on, you know, it was kind of tough to get the numbers we were hoping for. Like I mentioned, people were really willing and, and excited about this project. You know, I can't tell you how many people just said, you know, we need this. And, and I'm mm. so glad that you're doing this. Because, because we really want to get the ball rolling on health and safety here. Uh, but what we found was that despite that excitement and interest, you know, survey responses were really kind of trickling in. And so eventually I ended up going door to door to local businesses. Uh, I believe it was 104 total. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of driving, a lot of pound on the pavement. But, but it was a great opportunity to really interact with these workers, get a sense of what this industry is like, you know, what these dispensaries, grow houses just really getting a more of an inside look at the industry. And, and so from there, um, we were, that's basically the sort of the timeline of data collection right there. And we did that up until the end of the survey. We ended up with 214 people that completed our survey. Okay, yeah, that's a pretty good, pretty good sampling there. So this was everybody from your bud tenders, uh, trimmers, all the way up to mid-level management at these companies. Yep, yep, that's correct. Yeah, so the term we learned actually from uh, NCIA was direct to plant. So mm -hmm. all these workers were direct to plant, meaning that we wanted individuals to come in contact with cannabis or cannabis products at some point in the day. One thing we wanted to avoid uh, in some ways was maybe getting like a, a higher level business leader or someone like that, who while is still invaluable to the company, doesn't necessarily work in the same environment that your average cannabis worker might. And that's really what we wanted to focus on was you know, people working in grow houses, people uh, who are doing bud tending, things like that. So not the company accountant. <laughs> That's right, not what yeah. you were looking for. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Which health and safety is important for those accountants, but for our the, for our purposes, uh, we are focused a little elsewhere. Of course. Um, Gwen, <laughs> did you have anything to add to all that? I just to say that um, Kevin did an amazing job in reaching out to so many businesses across the front range in Colorado um, and also that uh, you at the NCIA uh, were absolutely instrumental in publicizing our project and facilitating this so that we could reach out to so many businesses and really try and get the voice of the workers in the industry and and without all that it wouldn't be possible so we just really appreciate that to make it make it have happened. Oh absolutely and you're so welcome and it's it's so relevant to the the scope of work that we do in representing the industry that it made perfect sense and we were happy to partner with you and yeah good good job Kevin with all that pavement pounding as you called it I'm sure the tread on your shoes is worn down a bit that's a lot of hard work to get some good data collection so on behalf of the industry thank you for that oh yeah absolutely it was our pleasure
Cool. So, I mean, let's let's dive in and talk about some of the interesting findings from the survey that we could share with some of our listeners here. Were there any highlights that that we could talk about or or maybe the most impactful piece? Those are things I'd like to talk about when we get back from the break here. We're going to take another quick break. And don't go away. We're going to finish up this conversation with Kevin and Gwen in the third segment. Thanks for tuning in to NCI's Cannabis Voice. Do not go away. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Are you disturbed by the prescription medication commercials on television and their endless list of side effects? They go on and on and you end up having to take multiple pills to counteract the problems caused by the first pill. It never ends. Have you looked into CBD as a more natural option? At Saturn Ranch, we produce all-natural CBD topicals and THC-infused edibles. Premium lab-tested hemp-derived CBD is the most important ingredient in our products. From topical bombs, salt scrubs, bath-soaking salts to tinctures and edibles, you're sure to find something to help. Family-owned and operated, we at Saturn Ranch believe in and use our products daily. Don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your body. SaturnRanch.com The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber Vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber Vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, thanks for tuning in again to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. This is Bethany Moore, your host from National Cannabis Industry Association. And we're, we're trying to extract all the information we can from Gwen and Kevin right now about this awesome survey they did, Work and Well-Being in the Cannabis Industry through Colorado State University. So let's talk about some of the interesting findings and highlights. Gwen, can you can you take the lead there and tell us tell us some of the meat of this survey? Yes, thanks Bethany. So first there were a number of key health and safety issues that we identified based on what we asked workers in the study. Uh, the first was pesticide exposure and what we found was that some of the workers reported skin and eye irritation as well as headaches and other symptoms just day to day in their job. Um, others, especially trimmers, are at risk for some ergonomic issues, mm. in other words, potential injuries to hands and wrists and so forth from long shifts that are spent trimming plants and working in potentially cramped grow house conditions, depending on the size of the facility and when um, sometimes temporary workers are brought in um, for short bursts of time to be able to, to trim the plants when they're ready. Um, other issues included air quality from pesticides 
dust from the cannabis plants themselves, as well as absorbing chemicals through the skin and so forth. And other health and safety issues included potential robbery, especially in dispensaries, um, especially while it is an all-cash industry. Uh-huh. I was about um, to say, we're going to try to fix that banking crisis issue, so hopefully that will become less of an impact, but go on. <laughs> Certainly, certainly. And so just to be clear, it's not to say that every worker was experiencing major problems in terms of health and safety on the job, but these are just across all the workers that we talked about, some of the themes that emerged from what we were doing that identified just where do we need to put our efforts together in, in partnering with the industry to do some training and to help protect the workers. So what can we do about it? Um, the first is for managers and business owners to just be aware of these issues and mm -hmm. to offer training to workers so that they, the workers themselves are aware of these issues and can take a variety of steps to prevent issues from becoming problems rather than trying to treat them after the fact. Uh, other things that can be done are to encourage the use of personal protective equipment, otherwise known as PPE, such as maybe wearing gloves um, or using uh, masks if they're uh, to prevent breathing in dust or things like that, depending on the job that individuals are doing. It's also helpful to not only develop, but also adhere to emergency preparedness plans. So, for example, in the case of a robbery, do the workers know exactly what to do and, and how to handle the situation should it come about? And so by providing formal health and safety training programs and then also following up to make sure that workers learn and remember the information from those training programs and are able to apply it to their actual jobs, we think can be absolutely helpful in this process. Yep, we also, I can see that. Uh, mm -hmm. Thanks. And uh, another issue that came up and uh, was brought to our attention by some of the managers and, and leaders in the industry, including uh, focusing more on diversity in the industry, especially given some racial and ethnic diversity just here in Colorado, making sure that that's adequately represented in the businesses themselves, which could, might, could even be a, a marketing advantage and help with sustainability in employment and human resources in the industry. Um, and our last thing that we identified in the project is to establish formal policies as well as training about cannabis use before shifts on the job and after work so that people can be safe at work as well as when they're driving to and from work. Um, other very, very important point is that it was so clear to us throughout this project that it's really a very supportive and tightly knit industry. There's a strong, very positive sense of culture in the cannabis industry, and workers are generally quite satisfied and enjoy their work. And it's, it's always reassuring and wonderful to find out that people are enjoying their jobs and, and have intentions of, of staying with the industry and staying on their jobs for quite a long time. And so then it begs the question of what can continue to facilitate that and, and help. And really supportive management, workers that demonstrate that they care about the health and being, I'm sorry, the health and well-being of the workers, as well as providing resources for workers to be safe and healthy and have what they need to do their jobs can really go a long way. And we found that in many cases, a lot of businesses are already doing this, although there was there is some opportunity for that to um, be strengthened in, in some of the businesses. 
we found that um, 46% of workers receive very little or no training. So, for example, if we can increase that percentage and have a higher proportion of workers being trained and having all companies provide systematic health and safety and other training to workers, that, that's an example of, of ways that managers and business owners can help. Sure. Yeah. So, it, it sounds like the core here is training and establishing standards, which as a young industry, we internally, um, generally speaking, are trying to create those standards and best practices, and, and we just need to keep getting better and better at that and then implementing them ahead of time. So as we wrap up this episode, um, I know you guys probably are interested in doing more studies, so would you encourage other cannabis industry businesses and professionals to reach out to you to continue this sort of work? Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Um, we will certainly be at the Colorado Cannabis Caucus. We're looking forward to it on April 13th coming up um, in Boulder at the Riverside. And we'd be very glad to talk with anyone who either has questions about the project that we just discussed, or if you're interested in discussing other ideas or to tell us about what you're experiencing or if there are any ways that we can help. Great. Sounds good. And I do encourage folks to head to our website, thecannabisindustry.org, and look under resources to our blog. And there is uh, a couple of blogs there. The most recent one they published, uh, Gwen and Kevin published the uh, results of the work and well-being in the cannabis industry survey, and I believe your contact information is available there as well. But of course, if you're in Colorado, as Gwen said, please register for the Colorado Cannabis Caucus hosted by NCIA. That will be on Thursday, April 13th in Boulder at the Riverside. It is free for NCIA members and $50 for non-members. So thank you again for joining us. And Gwen and Kevin, thank you so much. It's been a great talk. I wish we could go on more. Have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. What's with Mountain Dew? Mountain Dew is like a zipline of incredible flavor directly into your brain. Mountain Dew is like getting punched in the mouth with pure neon refreshment that creates a neural explosion sending flavor shards of electric brain pulses into your very core of being. Okay, maybe that's a little over the top, but you get the idea. The fact is, the mind-bending challenge of describing the taste of Mountain Dew is way harder than just experiencing it. That, of course, is easy. Just grab a nice cold dew, crack it open, and toss them back. Mountain Dew. Do the Dew. Do.